thank you and just remain standing a moment while we speak to the, our Heavenly Father. Lord, we come to thee now to thank thee for what thou hast done for us, for the measure of grace has been poured out upon us, that thou hast redeemed us by grace, and now we are sons and daughters of God through Jesus Christ who loved us and gave his own life for us. We once alienated from God without hope, without mercy, dead in sin and trespasses, going to an endless grave in a devil's hell. Christ died in our stead to reconcile us back to his Father as sons and daughters. Our hearts are so grateful for this tonight. And Father, we pray that this will be a night long remembered because of his presence. We pray this prayer because we know that it is in season. For thou hast said, I'll be with thee, even in thee, to the end of the world. The things that I do shall you also, even greater, for I go unto my Father. And I know that we are praying right, because thou hast always desired to fulfill thy word. You watch over it to confirm it. And I pray that you will grant this tonight, through the name of thy Son, Jesus. Amen. Good evening, friends. It is a privilege of being here again tonight to minister in the name of this most lovely Lord Jesus. And I just got up a little late just a few moments ago. We just got in in time to hear this marvelous hymn of Brother Egbert, The Lord's Prayer. I tell you, singing does something to me, especially like that. I certainly... uh, Pray that God will bless our brother and keep him here on this earth many, many years into the coming of the Lord Jesus to sing these wonderful hymns. He's a talent to the church. I appreciate all the nice things that Brother uh, Joseph has just said. I'm not worthy of those things that he says. Of course, you know how a friend feels towards another. He loves me and he says those things and they come from his heart. And I appreciate them. I see other singers, this lovely brother here that sang for us in the first part of the meeting, many other brothers sitting close, and Brother Bosworth, I had no yeah. sitting with us again tonight. Have you a word for us tonight, Brother Bosworth? <laughs> That's Christianity, preferring your bread. <laughs> well, we'll have him to preach for us tomorrow night, then. If it's getting a little late, we'll have him to preach for us tomorrow night. Brother Jack Moore, many of you have met him. A brother who stuck by me like a I tell you, Brother Moore is not very much the person to present himself. He doesn't care about being seen. Hard to get him up even to preach in one of the meetings. But a scholar, a brother, a diplomat, a preacher, a real brother is our Brother Jack Moore from Shreveport, Louisiana. Many dangerous toils and snares we have already come, yeah. Brother Jack and I, side by side. Whether I'm feeling good, whether I'm right, whether I'm wrong, whatever it is, Jack Moore's still my friend. That's a real friend. That's, right. That's one who anyone can go with you when the, the crowd's going, but wait till you're standing alone. That's when a real brother stands by you. And Brother Jack has proved to be that through the many battles he's come with me. I love Brother Jack tonight with undying Christian love. And some glorious day, he with all the rest, I expect to stand in God's heaven 
when the last battle is fought, the smoke is dried up, the arms are stacked, the Bible's folded, the last prayer said, the tables are shoved out, and we're all there at the wedding supper. You know that's going to be a marvelous time. I look forward to that. As one of my managers recently said that in Canada, where he was raised, our brother Baxter, he said they had a little bicycle affair one time, and, and they're going to give every boy, or the boy that could ride, a six-inch plank, a hundred yards, up in the air, four feet, was win a new swim bicycle. So they had a little sissy carp of a boy there that they didn't think that uh, know very much about a bicycle, and all the other boys thought, well, each one, they were special riders. They'd go down in the city and get a basket of groceries, or a bag of groceries, never even touch your handlebars, swing around the corners and through traffic and come on home with it. They said, my, that boy's always got his hands on the handlebars and looking, said, well, we can outride that fella. It's all in the contest. He happened to be the last one. Every one of them fell off but him. He went right on to the end of the road. He won the bicycle. All the boys got around him to ask him, Why, how did you do it? He said, I tell you, fellas, said, you all are much better riders than I am, but said, you made a mistake. Said, you were looking down trying to keep your bicycle on this board. Said, I set my eye to the end and just kept looking at the end and I kept studying. If I had to look what's going on around me all the time, I might stay off the road too. But I look what's at the end, keep my eye out there, and I can be steady. If friends forsake and everything else goes wrong and people say this, that, or other, I'm looking to the end down there. That's what our eyes said. To this, this hour, when I meet my friends, when the battle's all over, and we're there, and just imagine when they had the table set, all the old veterans of the war will sit along this table, and I look down and see St. Paul sitting down there, and Peter, James, John, Brother Moore, and Brother Bose, and Brother Bosworth, oh my, others of the veterans, and look along the table there. You know, I, I just, we just reach across the table and squeeze one of his hands. That could be wonderful. No doubt but a little tear will run down our cheek once in a while of joy. Then the king will come out in his beauty and his robes around him. The one who redeems Then talk about crying. Talk about rejoicing. When we're sitting there thinking the great battles we've been through together and you come down wipe all the tears from our eyes and say, don't cry anymore, it's all over. <laughs> we're all here now and you're into the joys of the Lord. <laughs> That's going to be a wonderful time for me. I'm just... Just looking to that all day long and all night long, all the time. I look for that. We're only going to be more than once. This is the last time for all eternity we'll ever be mortal. This may be the last night we will ever be mortal. Tomorrow we may be immortal. So let's do what we can for mortal beings while we're mortal and can't help them. Let's work what it's called day for night cometh when no man can work. God doesn't forget his children. And now, our time gets away quickly. Last evening, I, when I kind of got to myself, I was going down the street, and it was almost 10 o'clock, and I felt very bad because I'd kept you that long. I don't mean to do that. Now, you've heard much gospel preaching tonight, 
and from ministers, and some of you have been sitting here now or ever since about six o'clock. And I don't want to keep you any longer. I'm not no speaker much. I want to read a scripture, give a little testimony, start the prayer line while you're praying. I wish to say this. Today I had the privilege of being at a place, some lovely home here in Chicago, just out riding around and come to this place. I met a, a man that I've known for some time. He'd just recently been converted, led a drunkard's life for a long time, backslider. He come, put his hands in mine, and on my shoulder, fine brother said, Forgive me for doubting you. And I said, Well, what doubting me? He said, I was always a little skeptic, Brother Branham, until night before last. He said, You'd come to the platform and someone come up late. Now, best of the story I can remember, they come to him to get a prayer card. Said, Prayer cards is done, give out. They had a sick baby. They said, He said, Well, I tell you, said, you just go in and sit down. He might give the people his seat. And said, you just go in and sit down, and you start praying. You don't need a prayer card. Just pray. And said, himself, he was suffering. And he walked back over, I believe it was rheumatism, arthritis or something, he said. He walked back over and laid his head on the rail and said, God, speak to Brother Bram for that poor little sick baby. And at that very moment, the Holy Spirit heard his prayer moved me right out into the audience and said, told the people who they were, where they were from, what was wrong with their baby, told them within 24 hours the baby would be changed. And they met it in 24 hours, and the father said, the baby's just doing fine. So he said, sometimes it might seem like if you see something different, we got a regular routine Christianity has. We just have to stay right in that routine, or we're not Christians. We have to believe just this way, or we're not Christians. That's, that's too bad we get that way. Thing. We must be flexible to the Spirit. Let the Spirit of God lead us. Many things are strange. Now when you see something going on in the phenomenal realms that you can't feel, find out, you try to understand it, you can't. You hear it read from the Bible, yet you just can't perceive it. Many people sometimes say, well, it, it's the devil. That's what the Pharisees done. They seen Jesus looking at people and perceiving their thoughts and telling things that happened. Well, the, the strange thing it was when they thought, first of all, that's this psyche. But when they found out of what he said come to pass, what he said he was perfect accurate at. Another thing, the sick got well. Well, they couldn't understand that. So then they couldn't, they just try to figure it out. They just said, it's the devil. That's all. And then he tried to say, they see his healing. They said, oh, he, he's just, he's the devil. And Jesus said, if the devil can heal the devil or cast out the devil, isn't his kingdom divided? See, they just don't try to sit down and reason it out with God. They try to reason it with yourself, and you can't reason God. That's all. You've got to believe God. God is not known by knowledge. No matter how many degrees you got, how many seminaries you went through, it doesn't amount to that. That's true. You know God by faith, not by knowledge. You can't know God by, by knowledge. In the Garden of Eden, there were two trees. One was knowledge and one was life. And as long as man eat off the tree of life, he had everlasting life. The first bite he took from the tree of knowledge, he separated his fellowship from God. And every time he takes a bite yet, he destroys himself. He bit off 
gunpowder. Look what that does. He bit off automobile off the tree of knowledge, kills more of his comrades than all the wars does. He's got a hydrogen bomb bit off now. I wonder what he's going to do with that. God don't destroy nothing. Man destroys himself by knowledge. I'm so glad that tree of life is still blooming. The Holy Spirit here, where one time it drove us away from the tree until it was to be reconciled to God through a blood sacrifice, and now the Holy Spirit's run us back to that tree. I don't know how it's done. I just believe it. That's all. That's the way to do it. Just simple faith. Sometimes people look and they misunderstand it. I don't know. The brother never explained. He might have thought, well, it's here some time ago, a person that didn't, you can understand what I mean by his feelings, perhaps. Some time ago, a person said, went to a healing service. It went out to Brother Roberts' meeting, Brother Oral Roberts, a very fine brother, a fine man, doing a great work for God. And he would come through and pray for the sick as they passed through the line. They asked this minister, so what do you think about it? He said, mass psychology. And they went over to uh, another brother that prays for the sick. So what do you think about that? He said, just a lot of excitement. So they sent him down to my meeting, come back, said, what do you think about that? Said, a polished up soothsayer. <laughs> well, he is born to disbelieve, so that's all you can do. That's all. You can't get blood from a turnip <laughs> because it hasn't got any blood. <laughs> so that's the way it is. <laughs> you can't get faith from something there's nothing to get faith out of. <laughs> that's exactly right. So it has to be God in here first to make faith. Is that right? Just the same as it had to be blood in the turnip to get the blood out. So I am so happy tonight that God had mercy on me to make me a believer in his son, Jesus Christ. I wish to read of him just a moment. In the second chapter of St. John, beginning with the first verse, I wish to read the first uh, five verses. And the third day there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee, and Jesus and the mother of Jesus, rather, was there. And both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus said unto him, They have no wine. Jesus said unto her, Woman, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. Here's the, what I want to get to your mind. His mother said unto the servants, Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. That's still good teaching tonight. <laughs> Whatever he saith unto you, do it. He tells you, make ready for death, you get ready. If he tells you you're going to get well, you believe it. If he tells you that you're healed, you are. Whatever he says, you do it. Disbelieve it is sin. Now, how marvelous we see him. What an answer there to his mother. What have I to do with thee? My time has not yet come. But the mother immediately knowing that you can't ask Jesus for anything and he'd turn you down. Said, whatever he says, you do just as he says. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Hearkening unto the fats of ram. I am reminded of a little testimony that I was telling to our brother 
Joseph today, and he said, Brother Branham, I would like to have that testimony. It comes to my heart now, just for a brief five minutes or so, and I will try to give it. It'll be on the tape. Now, I watch every word I have to that I say, because here's oh, eight or ten recorders sitting here. There's your voice. <laughs> you must be sure that every word's right, because it's once said, it's over. I just suppose that many of you think that a life of this type is just a great glamour and people patting you on the shoulders and going along. Well, everything's just roses, as we say, but very much contrary. It's the hardest drug-out life that a human ever lived. You don't only have the individuals, a lot of times fanatics, coming and disagreeing and saying ugly things. I think the Lord permits that. He keeps you humble with them type of people. Yes, telling you that the Lord said, if you don't do this, he's going to punish you. And the Lord said this and that. If the Lord wanted to talk to me, I'm on speaking terms with him. He would tell me. And many times they fix an auditorium, advertised in the paper that I'm to be. I don't even know nothing about it. And then people begin to call me and say, well, Brother Brenham, you're advertising in the paper? Oh, that hurts me, but here a few days ago, someone kept calling in home and in a meeting up in Pennsylvania somewhere, a lady having a meeting said, I am Brother Bram's co-worker. He'll be here tomorrow night. And people gathered out and ministers closed their churches and said, well, I just got him on the telephone and said he can't come until tomorrow afternoon at five o'clock. And then kept on day after day, stalling it off, and I don't even know, never heard of her in my life. See? But that's the way it goes. So that hurts, but it's all right. It's all, it, God just makes me know, pray a little harder and keep a little closer to Him. It's a wonder I have a friend left, isn't under such as that, but my friends understand. I tell this one thing, Christian people, don't worry about anything. Just as long as God goes with you, everything else will just fall right into its place and just, it'll, it'll be love. Just, in your heart, pray till you love the Lord Jesus with all your heart, and you'll love every one of his people with all, and you'll love every sinner with all your heart. You'll love everybody, and the people will know that you love them. No matter how much you try to impersonate it, you can't do it. People know better than that, especially spiritual-minded people. They know better than that. And just love, that's the main thing. If I have one, com- one thing that I can say to the people tonight, any commandment to keep... Just love one another and love the Lord Jesus, and everything will be all right. Just keep in love. Now, inside life, it's no one but God alone knows what you go through with. All hours of the night, I have prayed till I'd be so weak I couldn't hardly stand up and unconscious and walk on the floor with a pillow in my hand at night time trying to sleep, thinking I was praying for the sick. Not only that, but inside of that, demons that's commanded. Sometimes we hit hard places. Here a few nights ago on the platform, after picking it up from my manager, my boy and them telling me of it, there was a blind man came to the platform. A man sinned or something, something was wrong. And I just had prayer and started him away. Something said, stop the man. Well, I think if you ask for a miracle to be performed sometimes like that, it hinders your prayer line. The rest of them are waiting then as Brother Bosworth called it, spiritual hitchhikers. If the, 
They expect, see, you must have your own faith. But when this man had did wrong, and you'll notice very careful that in there, for instance, if I was a doctor, and you came to me and you said, oh, uh, doctor, I've got a terrible headache. It comes all the time, every day, and I just can't get rid of it. And I'd give you a handful of aspirin and say, wrong, or give you a hypo just to knock the headache. I'm not much of a doctor. No, I'm not. What I am, I'm just only trying to get rid of you, get you out of the office, or something on that order. A real doctor, if you go to him and tell him you're having persistent headaches, you say, come in, strip down, get on the table. He'll examine you and do everything. He'll not give you nothing till they find out what he's given it for. He diagnoses a case, a real doctor, till he finds where the trouble is, and then he starts from there. He knows what he's working on, man. If he just brushes you off, that's not much of a doctor. Same thing. Many times in praying for the sick, you notice the cases come up. The real best way to do it would be to each case, not in mass meetings like this, in my home or office somewhere where I could take the patient and find out just where the trouble is. There's some cause for everything. And you, if you'll watch, it's very seldom you ever hear me rebuke an evil spirit. You realize gifts like this could cause you to lose out with God? Moses was a prophet, and he, God had entrusted him with power. And he told him, go out and speak to the rock. Instead of speaking to the rock, Moses got angry and smote the rock. And that broke every record of the Bible right there, see? Because that was Christ. Christ wasn't smitten twice. He's only smitten once. But he had power to bring the rock, well, water from the rock, rather, whether it was God's will or not, because he was a prophet. Elijah, the young fellow, went bald-headed when he was a young man. The little children run behind him and called him old bald-head. And that angered that prophet. And he put a curse on those children, and two she-bears killed forty-two little innocent children, because that prophet cursed those children in the name of the Lord. That's not the nature of the Holy Spirit, see, but God dealt with him. In the same way, we have to watch what you're doing. When a patient comes, be careful. Sometimes there's sin laying there. And if, if this person here stands Mr. John Doe. He went out a few months ago. He was untrue to his family. He did something evil, and God let Satan put a curse on him to bring him back. Now here he comes up on the platform. Now I stand here and warn him with all, come out of him, devil. I might just scream as all that I get hoarse, and that devil will lay right there. Certainly you will. The first thing it is, and if you had power of your own to take that curse off of that man and him in that condition, that God's put that on there for something else, and you come around and take it off. See what I mean? You have to be careful. Then you're in trouble with God right away. First thing you should do was, Mr. Doe, if he's sick and something's wrong and he can't live but a little while, is find out what's the cause, what's the will of God. Then when the vision produces and shows what Mr. Doe has done or has not done, then you see where the cause is and what then we know the cure is the Lord Jesus Christ. But we got to know the cause. Then you see the Lord Jesus lets you know that if Mr. Doe will make this right, the healing's there. Then you can say, in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, 
You can curse that disease that's on him. That power belongs to the church, and it can be done. But otherwise, be careful what you're doing. That's the reason so many failed healing in the line. You must come to the line making confession, and God search my heart. If I have sinned, forgive me. And if you, if anything I fail to do, reveal it to me, and I'll make it right. I'll go do just what you want me to do. For there's bound to be some cause for that. You believe that? That's exactly the truth. Now, this reminds me. I believe I was with Brother Bosworth. I think it was a meeting with him. I was in Dallas. I was flying home. Here's a little inside story. Many, many times, uh, even papers as packed mystic things happening and didn't know what come to pass. I was right there when it was happening. You'll send me places. For instance, here some time ago, said a is over near Denver, Colorado, where there was a man that was sitting in a wheelchair. Said a mystic affair come out in a paper. I was praying. He sent me over there to pray for a baby. And the same day I'd seen a vision of this baby where the, the little the doctor came out of a, a place and they had a Ford, little gray Ford. And he had this, and I went up and as I opened the gate to go in, there was one of these old holes laying beside the gate. And I went in, the lady met me at the door and she took my hat and laid it on the bed. And there's a lady come in with a, a red sweater on and sat down. And the baby was dying, and then another lady come in and sat down with a brown coat on, and they'd taken my hat and laid it up on the television, and I went over and put my hands on the baby, and I looked in here, he stood by my side, the baby got well. Not long after that, three or four days after the vision, well, I was called to a place in Colorado to a man that had TB, and I went to pray for him. Something told me to go over and pray for him. And I got in the plane and went over. And after praying for that, that man, I don't know whatever happened to him, I was waiting for the plane. I said, I just, he, I just feel like I want to walk. And I was walking down the street, going along. And I seen a doctor with a gray suit on, packing a little. I thought, that fellow looks familiar to me. And I looked sitting here and said, I said, a little gray Ford. <laughs> I said, it's a vision. That's what comes the other day. See? And I seen, I said, now if he's, I'll watch him. He come out. I said, "How'd he do?" He spoke. Got in the car. Very polite. Now I looked behind the gate, and there lay that hole. I said, "This is it." I went to the door, knocked on the door, and a lady come to the door, the red sweater on. I said, "How'd he do?" And she said, "How'd he do?" And uh, I said, "I'm a minister of the gospel. Have you sickness?" She said, "A baby." I said, "It's laying in a bed. Is the left as you're going at the door described?" She said, "Where is your?" Your parish, and I said, the world is my parish. I said, my name is Branham. She never heard of me. I said, may I have a prayer for your baby? She said, you may, sir. She said, we are Christians here. I stepped in. She took my hat and laid it on the bed. Now the other lady with the brown coat on hadn't come in yet, so I waited an hour. The lady wondered what all the waiting about. So it was an hour. The lady had not come in yet. And after a while, when she come in, she sat down in the place where the lady with the red sweater on was supposed to be sitting. So that wasn't right. And my hat was still on the bed. I couldn't tell them, but they had to do it. The angel of the Lord wasn't there yet. That was a sign to me when to pray. And they was working with the baby. After a while, the, the lady picked up my hat and laid it up on the radio, on the television. Then I walked over to the bed and said, Thus saith the Lord. 
the baby will live. Started reaching for his mother and taking the covers off of it. That was it. While they were weeping, I slipped out the door. They never knew who I was or nothing about it. I was going down the street, and I thought I heard something squeaking, and it was a wheelchair. And it was going right along in front of me, and it was a man in a wheelchair with a Bible crying. And I seen him going along just rejoicing out of the wheelchair. I thought, that's strange. And I went out and stood where there's a ten-cent store, a street come this way. I was over the other day looking at the place, never said nothing to nobody. And I looked at the place, and there was, and I, I seemed, I thought, well, this is, stood there at the corner, and I heard that squeaking. Now, the vision hadn't been over 20 minutes. And the man come out holding the Bible, weeping. I thought, well, here it is. I said, how do you do, sir? And the lady that was pushing, I said, what's the matter, sir? He said, I am, I said, you got a mighty fine book there. And he said, I believe every word of it. And I said, do you believe its contents all through? He said, I do, sir, with all my heart. And um, I said, what's the matter? So the doctor has just discouraged me. I've been crippled up with arthritis. He tells me I'll never again walk. I said, the contents of that book said that there was a man died that you could walk again. He said, the Lord Jesus? And I said, yes, sir, do you believe that? He said, I do. I said, rise up from there. For thus saith the Lord, you shall walk. And the man jumped up, and they had a, they thought they had the Salvation Army on the corner. I run through the 10 cent store, went out the alley, and back down the other way, and caught my cab, and went to the airplane. They don't know today, whatever happened, see? Yeah, they don't know nothing about it. See, it isn't for self-glory. It's for the Lord Jesus Christ, isn't it? be blessed. I am, I am believed now that I would start the prayer line just in a moment, and I trust that God will heal all the sick and the needy that's here tonight. May his blessings come upon all. One little instance. I'm sorry I didn't finish what I was telling of Brother Bosworth. Brother Joseph wanted this. They was, I was coming from Dallas, coming home to uh, Jeffersonville, and I maybe have time to get this. I was, and they put me in that hotel down there, and uh, that big hotel, I believe it's called Peabody Hotel. I couldn't afford to stay in a place like that, but the United Airlines put me in there. So um, the next morning, they said the plane would leave. They called us and said it would leave at 8 o'clock. At 6.30, I was up and had some breakfast. I had some mail. I'd answered sick people giving me cards and little offerings and so forth, and I'd answered them back that night when I got in. I was going to drop it back in the mail, the handkerchiefs I'd prayed over. I started down the street. This has been about eight years ago, I guess. And I was going down the street, walking 
towards where I thought I'd find a mailbox, and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit said, Stop. And I noticed there's the fish and tackle and hardware store. And I just love fish and tackle, and a friend of mine just made me a present of a gun out there. And oh my, how those things, I just born for nature and I love it. And um, I, looking at those tackles, I like that to see if nobody's looking at me. And I bowed my head, I said, Father, what did you want me to do? I kept waiting, waiting. I heard something say, turn and go back the other way. I passed by the hotel, I walked and I walked and I walked. I looked at my watch, it's done past time for the limousine to leave, to go out to the airport. I thought, I'm late, but something just kept saying, walk, go on, keep walking. I was way down by the river, way out of Memphis. And I was walking along there, not knowing where I was going. It's not my business to know where you're going. That's right. It's obedience. I just kept on walking. It just come a storm, you know, that night, and the, and the plains is grounded. So all that morning is early spring, and the dew, you know, and so forth on the roses, that sweet smell of, of the rose and the, the honeysuckle and things. I just had the air and a roamer, so I just enjoying going along there, had my... Um, hand over my heart, not my Bible, didn't have it with me, my hand over my heart singing, I'm so glad that I can say I'm one of them, just singing that little Pentecostal song that I just learned from the Pentecostal people over there, because I hadn't been acquainted with them but just a little while then. And I kept going on, there's a little colored house there, a little bitty hut-like, and hanging over the gate was a typical old Aunt Jemima, big woman, colored fat. She had a man's shirt tied around her head like a handkerchief hanging down her back. And she was looking like this as I come down the street. I was practically the distance of this when I noticed her. And uh, I just quit humming, I was singing to myself. I just started past by. I seen the tears running down her cheeks like this. And I passed by. She said, Good morning, Parson. I said, Good morning, Auntie. And I thought, Parson? <laughs> How'd she know I was a preacher? So I turned around and I said, uh, Auntie, pardon me, but how'd you know I was a parson? And she said, did you ever read in the Bible about the Shunammite woman that wanted children and couldn't have any, and the prophet Elijah blessed her and she had a baby? And I said, yes, ma'am. She said, I was one of them kind of women. She said, and the Lord blessed me and gave me a boy. And she said... I raised him the best of my knowledge to serve the Lord. And she said, to my sorrow, she, he got out among some bad company and he'd taken a horrible disease, a social disease. And said, and the doctors, it was too far gone. They could do nothing for him. They give him the penicillin and everything and the shots and it didn't do any good. And said, he's been unconscious now two days, laying in there, a dying, a backslider. And said, I prayed to the Lord, said, Parson, I washed over the board. I done everything to raise that boy to love the Lord. And it just break my heart to see if he has to die a sinner. And she said, last night I prayed and I said, Lord, won't you please send your servant by here or somebody that will help me to pray for this boy? Said, your doctor man says that he ain't going to wake up anymore. And said, and I went to sleep on my knees. Said, I dreamed that I saw a man wearing a light lead-colored hat with a light suit on, 
just you exactly coming down the street, and the Lord said, "Yea, he comes," and said, and said, "I woke up about three o'clock, and said, I come on out here and stood at this gate since three o'clock, and her back was still wet." She said, "I've been waiting here since three o'clock this morning for you to come along." Now I seen you coming. The the spirit of the Lord told me, he said, "Here he is." Oh well, bless the Lord. She opened up the gate. She knew I was coming in. She opened up the gate. Said, "Won't you come in?" I said, "Thank you, Auntie." I took off my hat. She opened up the door of this little old hut there. Looked inside. It's clean. No rug on the floor. A little old poster, iron poster bed to the right hand side. There hung a sign on the wall: "God bless our home." No pinup pictures. God bless our home. Rather have that than anything I know of. Hanging on the wall. I've been at king's palaces. I've been in some of the most lovely homes the world's got. I never had, and I felt welcome and good. But I really feel any welcome, and I did in that little colored house where those colored people lived that morning. I walked in there. There's a fine, big colored boy laying there, about eighteen, nineteen years old. He had the, the blanket in his hand, going, "Hmm, hmm, hmm." I said, "What's the matter with him?" She said, "For two days, Parson, he said he's lost. Said he's out on a great big deep sea and it's dark and he can't see nothing nowhere. That's all he talked." I said, "I'd like to talk to him." Said he don't know nothing. So that's all you can get out of me. Don't even know me. I put my hands down on his feet. This is cold as they could be. Death had struck the boy. I really believe. I said the doctor said he said yes sir he's done gone out of his head said he's been that way for two days said doctor said he'll never wake up no more said I can't see my baby die like that she walked over and kissed him on his head brother something happened in my heart no matter how much disgrace he'd got into how big he was nothing about it that was that mother's baby yet. And I thought, if the love of a mother will reach down to there, the love of God will go beyond it. That's right. And that's true. I said, Auntie, shall we pray? She said, yes, sir. She knelt down there. I said, would you lead us in prayer? And a prayer. I tell you, I can hear it yet. That old saint of God on her knees, crying out to God to spare her boy. And listen, she didn't say anything about healing. I told her what my name was. She'd never heard of me. And I never told her what I'd done, what, uh, praying for the sick. I told her that was my name. And she, uh, and, uh, she wasn't praying for him to get well. She's praying for God to save his soul. So, you know, she was just praying like that, Lord, don't let my baby die like this. Let me, let me, his mammy, hear him say one time, Mammy, I'm saved and going home to Jesus. She kept praying like that. When she stopped praying, we were both crying. I got up, sat on the side of the bed. She just stayed on her knees. She said, Parson, you pray now? I said, Yes, ma'am. I got down. I admit I couldn't pray a prayer like hers. And I, I said, Lord Jesus, my plane is gone. And you told me to keep walking. And I've walked to have come this far. And this is the only, only sign or anything that I know that you'd want me to stop. If you made this poor woman stand out here since 3 o'clock, surely this is the place you want me to stop. And I had to hold the boy's feet. I heard him say, Mammy, 
She said, yes, honey. She says, it's getting light in the room. <laughs> Another two or three minutes, he was sitting on the side of the bed. I hurried out of the house real quick, ran out to get my plane. Hope we'd find out how far I had to go, and I jumped in a cab, took off to the plane. Want to go there? I said, last call. Things had engine trouble and was sitting there waiting for me for two hours or something. <laughs> I think of sovereign grace, the love of God, that the faith of that poor, maybe illiterate, colored woman helped that plane two and a half hours. So somebody could walk down there to the answer of a prayer of that poor old mother. Probably couldn't read her name before. God don't care how much education you got. He wants your heart. About a year later, I passed through there on a train, and I stopped. And if any of you goes into Memphis, the train goes in this way, going west. And there's a, a little restaurant way up at the end. And I was got out and started up that restaurant, and there's a young red cap on it. Hello, Parson Branham! I said, howdy, sir. He come over there and he took hold of my hand and trembling. The tears run down his eye. He said, don't you remember me? I said, I don't believe I do. So you remember one morning that, uh, that you come down my house and pray for me? I've been unconscious about two days. I said, yes, are you the boy? I said, yes. Uh, I'm not only healed, but I'm a Christian now. <laughs> I'm a Christian. That's our Lord Jesus. When it's all over, the last prayer's done, said, I'll preach my last sermon one of these days. Uh, if Jesus tarries, I fold my arms to go to meet him. I wonder what it will be on the resurrection morning when I'll get to sit down with those kind of people over on the other side and we all sit and talk a while together. No hurry. But now is when we're in a hurry. Now is when we got to work. The sun's a setting for him. It ain't but a little while for it's all going to be over. And then we'll see one another and enjoy the blessings of God throughout eternity. And there'll never be another prayer said for the sick people. There'll never be a sinner. There'll never be any hurry. There'll be no night. It'll be day forever. So let's press on now. And may the Lord Jesus reveal himself to each one of you here tonight in such a way that you'll set your affections towards Jesus Christ and never change your course, but go straight towards him all the time you're in this life's journey. Shall we pray? Lord, who made the heavens and earth, when my poor Irish heart goes back to think of the things that I've seen your wonderful hand do, I'm too far along the road now, Lord, to think of turning around. Good evening, an aged man. I pray that you'll keep me, Lord, in your will. Never let me stray. Let me stay close to you all the time. Wherever you want me to go, I, I want to go, Father. I want to do and say just as you'd have me to do and say. And for this service tonight, I submit myself to you. Here's your poor, sick children sitting here. They're needy, Lord. Some of them just as... His dying condition is the boy that I told about. Some of them are in horrible shapes. Your servants, the doctor's done all he can do. And they're helpless, but not hopeless, Lord. You're still here. You're our hopes. 
And I pray that you will bless everyone tonight. Give us of thy spirit. Many, Lord, in this building tonight, when they see that you're really here, that your presence is here, I pray that there will not be a feeble one among us at the end of the meeting. May every sick person, crippled, afflicted, blind, whatever it may be, may they be healed. I ask in Jesus' name, amen. Where's the boy? What's the number of prayer cards, Billy? He? I got mixed up a little last night calling this one at a time. We'll just call a group tonight. Let's call from uh, 100. Let's call from 35 to 50. Who has T35? Let's try up in there. Cry 15 from my long. 35. 36, 37, 38, and T's on up to 50. And while they're lining up, shall the rest of us bow our heads just a moment. Loving Savior, in this box here tonight, it's filled almost to the top with letters. Poor, sick, suffering people. I can imagine you going down the streets and seeing what took place in Jerusalem. Your heart was moved. When I see people here in the building, and look at night after night, boxes of letters coming, that's for someone at home. God, let thy heart be moved again, Lord, with compassion. And may your mercy just sweep over this box now. You see every letter, every handkerchief, you watched them when they was writing it. You're looking at it now. And may it be carried carefully and the Holy Spirit watching it when it's laid on the sick. May they be healed. Grant it, Lord. We may never see them in this life. Thousands we'll never see. But yet we love them, Lord, because you loved them. You gave your life for them. And he was striped and stood against that post that morning when those great lashes split your ribs. That was for their healing. It was not in vain, Lord. I can see the flesh quivers, those big balls of lead swept into your side. It was not in vain. Lord, let me die preaching this. By your stripes we're healed. Yes. Cold winds are blowing and Peter warming himself at the fire and your precious back sticking to that old cross. No, it wasn't in vain. Every drop of blood brought healing. And I pray, Lord, that the devil be defeated in every case here. May Jesus Christ be honored while we sent it for that purpose in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, real slowly, if you will, let's sing, Lord, I believe, just once, real slow now, everyone, if you will.
My boy says that there's one card lacking in the line, prayer card T37. Is that right, Billy? T37. Does anyone have T37? It may be a deaf person. Look around. They maybe don't even hear their number call. Look at your neighbor's card. Here's a lady. Maybe she's got something she stands in. Maybe uh, has she got a prayer card lady sitting next to her? Is that, is that her number? It isn't. All right. Someone that uh, would know the T37. If it's in the building, while well, bring them up, they missed their place in the line. All right. Now may the Lord Jesus, the Son of God, uh, be merciful and bless each one. Now. While they're lining up, we'll get started right away, if we can, in the prayer line, and the lady. I wonder, to someone may who be strange uh, with us, what do you think that Jesus would do if this lady was standing before him? He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If she's coming for healing, I don't know. But say she's got a uh, a headache, or she's got uh, something wrong with her. Say she's got a cancer, and she's going to die right away. And the Lord Jesus was here. She'd come up. Jesus would tell her, Now, as far as healing you, I did that when I died for you. Do you believe this? He'd say. And she'd say, I do. He'd say, Do you believe that I am the Son of God? Or something on that order? She'd say, I do. Then maybe there'd be something wrong with her. Maybe she'd done something that she should not have done. Then he'd say, Go make that right, and thou shalt live. See? Or maybe there'd be something that he'd want to tell her about. He'd tell her. But as for healing her, He's already done it. That's right. Or for saving the sinner in here, sinner man or sinner woman, he's already saved you. You have to accept it. Now the Lord be blessed as we pray. I want to talk to the woman. How many is here for your first time? You've never been in one of my meetings before. Let's see your hands. Anywhere? Well, it's quite a number. And I, I appreciate you being here. And you've heard of it perhaps. How it's by vision now. Now I'm going to ask you one thing. While this is going on, will you try to be reverent? Just have respect for the Lord Jesus Christ. Just respect. Just keep your seat. They don't let me stay too long because it's in a, a subconscious condition, you see. And it, uh, I can't stay too long. The manager then gets me. So be reverent. Now, you remember when Jesus spoke to a woman? He wanted to find out what was her trouble. He talked to her, the woman at the well. And he said, bring me a drink to carry the conversation. She said, it's not customary for the Jew to ask the American such. Said, if you knew who you were talking to, you'd ask me for a drink. He went ahead and carried the conversation until he found where her trouble was. He said, go get your husband. She said, I have none. Said, you got five. She said, well, I perceive that you're a prophet. Said, we know that Messiah is coming. He said, I am he. 
She ran into the city and said, Come see a man that, that told me everything I ever done. Now, she was excited. He didn't tell her all she ever done. He just told her one thing she's doing wrong. But if he could tell her one thing, he could tell her everything, don't you think? Sure. He told Philip, you know who he was. The woman had touched the hem of his garment, looked out in the audience and said, Thy faith has saved thee from that blood issue. Now, he's the same Jesus tonight, isn't he? You believe that? Now, as I speak to the lady, I, only for this purpose, just to find what her spirit is. And there's a, like a reel in heaven. We'll call it that way. It isn't that way. But like in heaven, there's a reel. And in this reel, everything that she ever did is laying right there before God. And what the end of her life lays right before God. Now, then God can show me what she has done, and she knows whether that will be true or not. Then he can show me what is to come, and if he does, if she knows that was true, she'll have faith to believe what, what will be said will be true, you see, and check anyone, anytime. It's always perfect, see, because it's not this poor, humble, ignorant man here. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. That's right. Now, sister, I suppose not knowing you, we become strangers to each other. I do not know you, as far as I know. We're strangers to each other, are we? I am, I am here as your brother to try to help you. And God knows I'd do anything that I could to help you. And, but now, being just a man, well, it's very little I can do, only I'm your brother in the Lord Jesus, and God has given gifts into the church that we can help one another. You believe that? You are a Christian, because your spirit is welcome. You're a Christian. And do you believe that the Lord Jesus can let me know what is your trouble if we're strangers? Now, you're, you're aware that something's going on. That's, that's that angel of God that they got the picture of it here, you see. That's exactly. You've never come in contact with it before, but you know that something is going on. It's just not altogether a human being standing here. And you're not from this country. You're from away from here. And you're from a country that's got a lot of lakes in it. Wisconsin. I just happened to pass some places. You were coming down here, and I knew where you are. You are. You come with somebody. You're, you're with, here with somebody. It's a man. It's a kind of a heavy set, kind of thinning hair here in front. As the man's got his head turned to me now, seemingly I ought to know him. And you're suffering with a growth. And you've lost the sense of smell. You can't smell. Come here. Oh, Lord, I pray that you restore to our sister what Satan has robbed her of. And may thy mercies be with her now as I curse the enemy that has did this thing to her. And may she be healed this night. I command 
that Satan leaves out of here her body and she be made free by the orders of Jesus Christ who said, In my name they shall cast out devils. So you leave her, Satan. Amen. It may seem strange to you at this time, but you're healed. I have nothing to see where it lets you prove to yourself that the sense of smell is to you. But you know that something has happened in your nose. You feel something kind of funny, isn't that right? That's odorous of the air, and your sense of smelling is here, and you are healed. You can go on your road rejoicing and be well. God bless you. Now the Lord be blessed and magnified is my humble prayer. How do you do, lady? I suppose that you and I are strangers to each other. Only the Lord Jesus knows us. For he has fed us, blessed us. Between you and I is the Holy Spirit. And also just above you is a shadow of darkness. Real deep dark is hanging near you. What it is, it's, it's a death. You have been to a doctor's, yes, and they have, uh, I see the doctor turn, a kind of a chunky built fellow, as he shakes his head. It's cancer, and he's give you up, it's eat you up through your system. Waking up my whole body. But I came from my crown. Come. Lord Jesus, I condemn this devil through the vicarious suffering of Jesus Christ and drive death from her and may life enter into her body this night and the promise of the Lord Jesus Christ I'll lay my hands up on her to confirm this word to her that he said these signs shall follow them that believe if they lay their hands on the sick they shall recover Lord Jesus I believe your word and I condemn death that's hanging near her and ask it to leave through Jesus Christ. Amen. Go right to your testimony, thanking God and praising Him with all your heart. Go. The Lord be blessed and magnified. Just believe now with all your heart. You can receive just what you ask for. You have a nervous trouble sitting there, don't you, lady? Only you have spells of nervousness that makes you feel like that you're losing your mind. Satan sometimes tells you that you crossed the line. You've practically been nervous all your life. You had a scare start of that when you was a child, just a little girl. And now here I see you trying to do something. It's a make beds or something. You get so nervous you have to go sit down. But you've been praying. You've been trying to be healed. When this lady was being prayed for just now, you felt something strange come over you. Has that the truth? If it is, raise up your hand. If that's true, I have told you the truth. I've never seen you. You're just the lady who's walked up there and sat down. I tell you that in the name of Jesus Christ, you are healed. You go home. You're well. Have faith in God. Don't doubt. Believe. All right. Will you bring this boy? 
Believe now, don't doubt, have faith in God. And now, everyone be reverent. Is epileptic in the room tonight. I can't find it. But there's an epileptic here, and it's always haunts that because it's a terrible thing. See? And I, I know that God will heal it if we just let him tell me where it's at, you see. And it's very disobedient. And now everyone be reverent because them spirits go from one to another. You know that. That's scripture, see. And so now be reverent and um, bring the boy. How do you do, young man? Uh, you believe me to be God's servant? You believe the Lord Jesus Christ be the Son of God? And then I'm his servant. Is that right? And God sent the Lord Jesus to the earth that he might uh, give us the desire of our heart that's free from sin, free from sickness, free from worry. We are strangers to one another, young man, I suppose, are we? we? This is our first meeting time. You're just a lad, not like my boy standing back there. You're in deep trouble, young man. You believe me to be his prophet? You got a handkerchief in your hand to go to the dearest friend you got on earth, your mother or dying. She's got everything wrong with her. She's got hardening of the liver. The doctor has announced that no more can be done. She has leukemia, cancer in the bloodstream. You have a little sick brother at home, too. And you're seeking the baptism of the Holy Ghost, aren't you, young man? Give me your handkerchief and come near, my brother. Oh, God, I pray for mercy. Let thy spirit, oh, God, come as this young man stands here pleading for mercy. I'm holding this handkerchief in our hands. I pray that it will heal those who it's intended. And may our brother be rejoicing and happy. Know that God has promised. And I condemn the spirit of death that hangs over his mother. And may she get well and his loved ones. And may our brother receive the desire of his heart. I ask this blessing in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Don't fear, young man. You know what's happened. So you can go now rejoicing and thank you. God bless you. All right. Oh, how wonderful to trust in the Lord Jesus. Hmm. What's the matter, Mother? Sitting there, the kind of heavy-set lady looking at me, wiping the tears from your eyes. You believe me to be his prophet? You want to get over that cold and trouble you're suffering with? Stand up on your feet then. Lord Jesus, through the name of thy great being, I condemn this devil that's tormenting this woman. May it leave her. Her faith has touched you some way, Lord. You turned me to her and showed what was wrong with her. Now I pray, God, that her faith will not fail. If you are that kind to her, may her faith reach up just now and be healed. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. God bless you, sister. Only have faith. 
Don't doubt. Believe with all your heart. How do you do, lady? Do you believe me to be his servant? Do you believe that his presence, the one who you are standing, is the resurrection power of the Lord Jesus Christ? Now, we are strangers to each other. We've never met. And I have never seen you. But God knows all about you, doesn't he? He knows all about me. Now, I'm only getting the conversation with you like our Lord did to the woman at the well and so forth. And you believe that he would make you well? If I tell the truth, I'm talking of the Scripture. And if I tell the truth, then God will testify of the truth. And if it's personal, something concerning you. Now, this is the truth, the Bible. But now, there may be something in your life that the Bible hasn't said nothing about. Like Jehoshaphat, when he went out and made an alliance with Ahab, went out into the desert and they got in trouble, he said they had the Ark of the Covenant with them. They had all the writings of the prophets. They had all the laws with them. But they said, isn't there a prophet somewhere that we could consult to find out what's the matter? Now, you're a Christian, and you're a believer, and that's what makes you a Christian is the believer. Now, you believe this word, but there's something that you would like a spiritual lift to make your faith come up. You need a spiritual lift, that's right. Now, you are suffering one thing with a kidney trouble. And the next thing you have, you have uh, some sort of a growth. It's in the chest. And you've got a paralyzed nerves in your face. And that's caused from an accident, like a cab or something, a taxi cab. Yes. And it's, and it's hurt you in the spine. It's, you got that nerve is cut loose here. Is that true? I didn't even know it. You didn't even know it. But you knew you had the accident. So I knew I had pain on top of my head. That's right. But I didn't know how to... There you are. I had a growth in my chest. It is. But the doctor told me not long ago that they swung to the glands. I took X-rays, and he said they did that with her, and I had cancer, and uh, that's been some it, time ago. It's, a, it's not cancer. It's just a tumor. Okay. Down in below the shoulder bone on that side, on your left side. Almighty God, who stands here, who knows your condition, he knows what is true. Do you believe God will move that spine back into its place and give you liberation, that pinched nerve? Is what's the, Come here just a minute. Merciful Father, who created the heavens and the earth, brought all things by Jesus Christ, thy Son, then bring again health to this poor little woman standing here desperately in need, must have health. God Almighty, I pray that you grant this blessing to her. May the enemy come from her, and may she be well. And with your servant, I lay my hands up on her. I condemn this enemy. And may it go out of her in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ.
come out of her, Satan, for God's glory, the fulfilling of the word of the Lord Jesus, which cannot fail. You are defeated. You have no legal rights. Jesus Christ robbed you, and you have no legal rights to hold her anymore. So leave her in the name of the one who died for her, even our Lord Jesus. Amen. Certainly. Huh? Certainly. What do you think? I wouldn't know. Wait, I want you to. I want you to Sister, now, what you, I wouldn't tell you what God for you to do. Let Him commission you on what to do. I'm just sure seeing, I can only say what He told me. He told me what was what was what to you, and that is true. You're going to be well. I know that. He'll tell you what to do as you get that. God bless you. Go rejoice him. I wouldn't know when he would tell you, sister. That's something he never told me. Uh, he just told me that, and that's all I know how to do. I certainly will do it. God bless you, sister. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you. That's mutually. Praise be to God. Um, and one thing, uh, asking him, uh, see, if I would tell the woman, I have an idea, but God will tell her he wouldn't let me speak it. Because if I tell her that's a man, if he tells her that's God, always mind what God said. If she's got a relative here, and she will not make it known, you see me and I'll tell you where she'll be called to. <laughs> but I want God to make it known unto her. All right. That's at least what he said that he would do. All right. If you'd ask the Lord Jesus right now that back trouble leaving you, go home and be well. Do you believe that? Let's ask him. Our Heavenly Father, I pray that you will heal our sister and make she go from here tonight well. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. I go believe him, sister. You'll be well. God bless you. Let's say thanks be to God. Are you believing, sister, with all your heart? Colored lady sitting right out there, you're suffering with arthritis, but she's suffering with headaches. And you believe the Lord Jesus is going to make you well too, lady, sitting out there? And you believe the Lord Jesus makes you well with this arthritis? Lord God, in the name of Jesus thy Son, I condemn these diseases and ask that they leave the people in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Amen. Now, it's gone from you, sister. Now go rejoice in your sin. Thank the Lord. That's right. Now you realize how it's better you can walk. Now come back this way again. Come back. Raise your feet up like this, you see. Like this. Your, your knees. Bend in your knees, see. That, that's what it was asking your knees, wasn't it? See. Your heels, see. Amen. Let's say praise be to God. Praise be to God. You believe me as God's prophet? You want to get over the female trouble? Raise up your hand and say, I accept you, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus, I lay my hands on her to fulfill your word and ask that this demon leaves her in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. God bless you, sister. Could I talk to you away from the microphone? Over here.
Jane Morley. Yes, would you wait just a minute, lady? She might have friends here thinking it's something I didn't want to know. It was just something that had taken place in a time that only her and God alone were standing there to see it. And is it the truth, lady? Exactly the truth. Where it was standing, and I couldn't say it before a mixed audience, I seen the vision of what was taking place, and I called her over to her side to tell her, and there was no one nowhere around. She hadn't told anyone or nothing about it right at the place and when it happened that was taking place. Is that right, lady? That's right. Raise your hand so the people know. See, she's all right. She's healed. She's, she's all right. God is all right. You feel a little better today, haven't you? You were sitting down there last night bleeding. Wasn't that right? You were healed last night, sister. Your face made you whole with that feeling. You believe God will take that sickness out of you? you? He has. You won't have to sit out of bed in the morning on one side. You're healed now from that going across the floor. Let's say praise be to God. You believe that the Lord Jesus is going to help you in this time of what you're worried about? You're afraid that this baby won't be born dry because you're afraid you're going to lose it. Isn't that right? I'm not reading your mind. But God is here. He knows all things. You're afraid of losing that. But let's ask God, and God will keep that, and may it be born a lovely child. May God bless you while I bless you in his name. Lord Jesus, may all things be all right for our sister, who has faith to walk up before this audience tonight, confessing her faith in the power of Almighty God. And may it be normal and everything well. I bless her for this purpose. In the name of Jesus Christ, thy Son, amen. God bless you, sister. The lady has been afraid of a miscarriage, and the baby has been never moved. And when I took her hand just now, she jumped and grabbed me. She said, my baby leaped for the first time just now. Our Lord Jesus Christ rules and reigns supremely. There's nothing can beset him. He's Alpha, Omega, the beginning and the end. He that was, which is now, and shall come, the root and offspring of David, the morning star. There is nothing, no place, no time, no how can ever stand before him. You want to get over that eczema sitting there, lady, with that dark dress on, sitting right down there, that breaking out eczema? If you believe God will heal you, he'll do it. Do you believe he will? You believe that he will make you well? God bless you, my sister. He'll leave you. The lady sitting there next to you is worried about her boy. He's going to go under an operation this next Saturday. Stand up just a minute. I want to pray for your boy. Lord Jesus, I condemn death that hangs with that boy. Guide that physician's hand and may the boy come through well in Jesus Christ's name. How many of you here at this time wants God to bless them and heal them right now? Would you raise your hand? Hold your hands up to the Creator. My strength is gone, friends. I'm just can't hardly stand here. 
and I feel my manager touching my back, which means that I must go. Bow your heads. Oh, Lord, no disease you said that any time could stand before the prayer of faith. And I ask thee just now, as this strength of the pulling of the Holy Spirit making virtue and strength grow, I ask that the resurrected Lord Jesus Christ now, in the name of him who gave the promise, I condemn every sickness in this building, every person with a disease, every blind person, every crippled person, every deaf person, every sick child. And Satan, you have no right to say anymore. You are exposed right here from this platform. Your legal rights are gone. Your day is finished. The church of the living God is moving up into realms of faith. And you know that you are defeated and have been. You're only a bluff. And you've blessed the people long enough. Now, as the church of the living God, we take charge over thee by the commandment of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I, as his servant, along with the church, adjure thee by the living God and his son Jesus that you come out of every person in here now. Go out of them. You are defeated and lost the battle in Jesus Christ's name.